This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Joining us now on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, you follow his coverage of the Milwaukee Bucks on Twitter at Eric underscore name N-E-H-M. He is here on the Wendy's Big Show Thursdays at 448 covering your Milwaukee Bucks. Eric, appreciate it. Heck of a game last night uh, under the circumstances of no Kawhi Leonard, no Paul George, but Bucks just take care of business. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I guess it wasn't much of a surprise because of the way that they struggled with uh, Harrell and, and Lou Williams last year, but those two guys really went off and kept it a game for most of the night. But, yeah, the Bucks really come through in the end, and it was really just a strange game. Like, they have – Four guys hit threes, but all four of those guys hit four or more. No one else hits a three on the roster. It it was just kind of weird. Giannis is hitting clutch free throws after, you know, struggling from the line in, the, in recent weeks. So uh, a lot of weird stuff. I, George Hill is going crazy and then gets elbowed in the face. Like, there was just a lot going on. But, yeah, it ended up being an entertaining game for anyone that stayed up and uh, probably a little bit closer game than maybe people were expecting with Kawhi Leonard out. But, I mean, that Clippers team is going to be good. Oh, hey, Eric, gosh. Eric, stay on that yeah. point for a minute, because we had a discussion the other day, because some people on the show didn't want him to play because load management wasn't playing. I, I just didn't get that. You nicknamed him load management? Yeah, that's his name, load <laughs> management. <laughs> he wasn't playing, so did you ever think about maybe sitting Giannis because load management wasn't playing? I mean, did that ever come across? No, I don't. I don't think so. The the Bucks tend to, you know, they have load managed Giannis in the past. Two years ago, they sat him out for I think three straight games that got him like nine days off. Last year, Giannis only played seventy two games. So the Bucks will do it as necessary, but it's very really in any facet, whether that's setting up dude out, whether that's. Uh, going big or small in their lineup, mm-hmm. uh, playing certain matchups. Like, Bud just doesn't do that. Like, he worries about them, and they're going to be focused on themselves. So they're never going to really think about going into a game matching someone else. Maybe as the game goes on, they'll match up and, and do different things. But heading into a game, they're just going to do what they do and kind Good. of uh, try to be themselves. I was glad to see You that. know, I was one of those guys who said that they should sit him out. But, uh, you know, there's one of those things I'm not going to down a vine about. So he played whoop, whoopee, great. But I, but but you know what I was thinking though, as he was playing, which and he had a, a hell of a game, as he was playing, I was saying to myself, Self. can he play like this when Kawhi and Paul George are both playing? Yeah, I mean, that, I mean, every time I saw him just do something great, I go, oh my god, he's just having his way. You know, I mean, he and it was just awesome. He was hitting jump shots, four seven from the three point line. I mean, he looked just awesome. And then I don't know, maybe that's a cynical part in me. Like it, when Kawhi comes back and Paul George, can he do the same thing? No, I mean, I don't think that's cynical. I think that's the question that remains for Giannis. And you know, you can only do it by by winning in the end, by kind of going through those tests. And you know, last year. 
heading into the playoffs, I think all of us kind of thought the Celtics were going to be the toughest matchup. That, you know, they really cover Giannis well. Horford's a problem for him. Uh, on the other end, the Bucks are going to struggle with them defensively. And then they just came out and whooped the Celtics. Like, they just go four straight against the Celtics after losing game one and just dominate that series. And you're like, okay, like he passed his playoff test. Well, we were wrong on what the playoff test was. Like, we, we, we didn't know that it was going to be the Raptors and Kawhi Leonard was going to be able to both cover Giannis on one end and then dominate offensively on the other end. So it, it's going to be a long year of that exact thought. And that's not – you're not alone in that. Like, that's going to continue being the question for Giannis is, you know, can he get it done against the very best in the world? Can he get it done against the best teams in the league? Can he get it done against the best defender in the league in Kawhi Leonard? Can he get it done against LeBron James and Anthony Davis if it comes to that? Like, can he get it done in those moments? Those will be the questions, and they can't go anywhere because of regular season performance. Eric Name, your thoughts on George Hill's performance to this point. Malcolm Brogdon is missing uh, from this team being with the Pacers. Do you think they've have been able to fill that Malcolm Brogdon role sufficiently so far? I do not. I think this is a team that has now relied on the three more than it did last year. It's a team that doesn't get to the rim in the same way that it used to. And when you see, you see a play out each night with this team in that they have really big runs, right? Where, all of a sudden, wow, the Bucks are up 20. And you're like, how'd that happen? Well, it happened because they shot a bunch of threes during that stretch. And those threes went in. And then when the other team comes roaring back like they have now in, I think, four of their eight games, maybe five of their eight games, when that other team comes roaring back, what's happening? They're missing all their threes. And it's, it's pretty – It's not when you look at the numbers, it's not crazy. But they've gone from, you know, shooting – 40, 42% of their shots at the rim down to, like, 35. And they've gone from shooting, like, 42% of their shots from three to 48% of their shots from three. And, again, that's not, it's not everything. That's not the biggest thing. But if you start there, you can kind of see some of the cracks that this team has in that it's not just that they're shooting more threes. It's that they don't get as much dribble penetration. It's that they don't get those same – kind of sequences where someone punctures the defense, one pass, another drive, another pass, another pass, wide open three. It's, all right, we're kind of moving the ball around the perimeter. Someone kind of broke open the defense, and that guy we passed to is kind of open. And, it's, and those are still good looks. Like I, I'm, a big, I'm a big proponent of shooting a ton of threes. So those are still good looks, but they're not as good of looks as they had last year. So, no, I don't think that they have replaced Malcolm Brogdon. And we're seeing a number of the questions that I had before this season playing out in that I just don't know how they fix that with the personnel that they have. Maybe it's Dante. Maybe Dante DiVincenzo gets more run, comes in for Wesley Matthews more often, and maybe that does it. Or maybe it's Sterling Brown. Maybe it's one of the young guys. I don't know. But this team, as currently constituted, like Wesley Matthews isn't going to be that guy. Maybe 10 years ago. But not anymore. Like he, he's not that guy. He's just no, going to shoot not. threes. So, so that's the big question for this team to me is how do you get to the rim more? How do you get more points in the paint? 
how do you get even better looks than the ones that you're getting? Okay, so let me just clarify and make sure I understand what you're saying. You're saying it's not opposing defenses scheming to allow them not to get to the rim. You're saying it's the personnel that they have that can't get to the rim. Yeah, I don't think defenses have really schemed the Bucks all that much better because the fundamental problem in defending the Bucks remains the same. Giannis is a monster, and they're going to surround him with shooting. The only thing now is it's only shooting. It's not shooting with another driver. It's not shooting with three more drivers because you still have Giannis, you still have Eric Bledsoe getting to the rim. That third driver, last year they had three guys average 10 drives or more per game, and it was Giannis, and it was Bledsoe, and it was Brogdon. And this year you took out one of those guys that averaged 10 or more drives per game, and you haven't replaced it with anybody. Chris Middleton is about the same in drives per game, but then everyone else below it is the same. So you're literally missing about 10 drives per game. Mm-hmm. That's personnel-based. That's not anyone figuring anything out that the Bucks have done. It is just not having that other dynamic playmaking kind of driver. And I'll be the first to tell you, I don't know that Malcolm Brogdon is that dynamic. Uh, obviously, he's putting up big numbers in Indiana, but he's getting the ball a lot there. Mm-hmm. I, I, I would say I don't know that he is that dynamic, but they don't have someone as dynamic as him to fill in and make those plays. Eric, when, when you look at them trying to find ways to, to penetrate the lane and, and trying to find different ways to get the ball inside, could you see at all you using and, and trying to utilize more of, of the post game that made Brooke Lopez so much money before his new contract that he signed with the Bucks. Yeah, I think you're starting to see a little bit of it right now. I was actually talking to Brooke about this uh, after shoot-around yesterday. Um, one of the things that they're starting to do more is put Brooke in the middle of the floor and start running uh, a little bit of pick-and-roll with him, just him and Chris Middleton kind of working in the middle there. You've seen Eric Bledsoe the other night. He threw a pocket pass against the Timberwolves, did it again last night. That's one of the ways that they're kind of trying to supplement those. Instead of straight-line drives, it's, all right, let's run a little bit more pick-and-roll, something that they haven't really done in the past, and to try to get some of that that creates something in the middle of the floor that everyone has to draw into defensively. So that's one of the ways that they're, they're trying to do it. Does a post-up do it as much? I mean, Brooke has to show that he deserves a double team every time he touches the ball. Like, that's how you would get the same type of action, the same type of feel. And I I don't know if there's enough defenses in the league anymore that are that worried about post-ups. Because everyone knows most NBA teams are posting up to draw an extra defender to then get an open three. So they just say, all right, you want to post up, go for it. Uh, So I think it can be used. That you have to keep finding ways to keep getting the ball close to the rim and using Brooke in more varied ways than just popping is certainly one of those ways. I wish we had more time for you. I got three questions, but I'm going to try to combine them all in. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, this is amazing. Because I just was just shook by that your starting backcourt only had two assists. Shocked by that. And they only had 18 assists overall. And George Hill, who I'm a big fan of, he had no assists, but he had 24 points. And then, so I'm thinking Matthews maybe served better if he came off the bench, put George Hill in the uh, starting lineup, and they may do that. But my question is, Giannis's jumper. Now, this guy's put up more points, more rebounds, and more assists than anybody. To put up all those numbers, I would love to see how many of those were outside the paint. 
I don't care. The guy is dominating and it's working now, but it is disturbing that they only had 18 assists as a team. Yeah, I think and he had nine night, of those. He had nine of those. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it helps show kind of what they're about is, you know, building around Giannis. So last night was kind of a strange night in that they had so many unassisted looks. Like, you look at all four of Giannis's threes, those were all unassisted. You look at, I think, two of Eric Bledsoe's threes, those were unassisted. George Hill, I think, hit two or three of his six off the dribble. Uh, so that it, it is strange to have that low of a system. I don't know that it's necessarily uh, like a larger schematic problem. Uh, but with Giannis's jumper, this, this is a spot where I, I think he's going to have to prove it for a long time. Uh, teams aren't going to buy it, but I think you can see why he does it because last night, I, I think it was even in the second quarter after he'd hit one, he did his little – he always likes to get into that jumper with that little hesitation dribble where he gets to kind of one-two his feet and, and lift up. He did that dribble, and then all of a sudden you saw Mo Harkless run out at him. And that's what, that's what the goal of getting some jumpers up is. And uh, I, that's a dangerous thing because I think ultimately it doesn't make you a deadly jump shooter because you're thinking, oh, I'm going to do this jump shooter – to open other things up rather than I'm going to hit this jumper. Like Reggie Miller wasn't thinking, Hey man, I'm going to hit this jumper and then I can get to the rack. It was, no, I'm going to kill you with this jumper. Like Ray Allen, I'm going to kill you with this jumper. So maybe that keeps him from ever being an elite jump shooter, but that jump shot, that threat of that jump shot makes everything easier for him. And yes, you, you can kind of see it on nights like last night. Yeah. No doubt. You know, the other thing uh, I want to get your thoughts on, there has been a lot of Dante DiFincenzo uh, love, some people debating whether or not he should be starting over Wesley Matthews. Uh, and I, I just responded on social media and Twitter. I said, no, I'm good. It wasn't meant to continue to start, let DiFincenzo come off the bench. And if he's playing well, then fine. He can stay in there. Uh, but I'm not re- ready to make any type of changes with DiFincenzo at this point. Your thoughts? I think the, the thing that I'd sticks out to me was his first stint in Minneapolis. If you watch the first two minutes Dante was in that game against the Timberwolves, he was awful. I mean, just awful. Like, one terrible shot, one terrible turnover, a couple bad defensive possessions, and granted, by the end of the night, he had 17 points. Right? Like, so... by the end of it, people were still excited about Dante because he hit some threes late, and there was some other signs of, of hope. Mm-hmm. And I think the big thing is you can't give him too much too fast because I don't think he's quite ready for it. So right now, if you keep getting him 15, 20 minutes and he keeps performing and he keeps doing well, I mean, that for me, for young guys, you want them graduating. Like, you want them to say, all right, 15 to 20 minutes, fine. Let's move you up a little bit. Now, what can you do in 22 to 24 minutes? Can you, can you still produce in the same way? Or did those five extra minutes we give you just turn into nothing? Did you do nothing with those minutes? So for me, I, I think Dante's got a ways to go to keep proving it. But, man, that jump shot looks way better than it did last year. No doubt about way it. He's going he's gonna to be key, Eric, if the Bucks try to get their first win in Utah since, what, like the Reagan administration? <laughs> it, it, it's been a while, and, I mean – to me, I think the ceiling of this team ultimately 
kind of lands at the feet of some of those young guys, whether it's Connaughton, whether it's uh, Dante, whether it's Sterling Brown. One of those guys has to hit and probably ultimately supplant Wesley Matthews from the starting lineup, so I, I can kind of see why people are thinking about it, but I think I would agree with you on that, Spark. It's too early. Eric, appreciate it, man. We'll talk next week, all right? All right, sounds good. Thanks, fellas. Thanks, man. That's Eric Name joining us. Follow along at Eric underscore name, N-E-H-M, but it's pronounced name. You follow all his great work, some of the best around, covering your Milwaukee Bucks here on the Wendy's Big Show, Thursdays at 4.48. He joins us, as all our guests do, on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. If you're looking to buy, build, renovate, or refinance in 2019, look no further and call Great Midwest Bank today. Great Midwest Bank, providing simply local common sense lending to your community since 1935. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.